0: Welcome to the VoiceOver Insider Podcast with Julie Williams and VoiceOver Insider Editor, Gary McFadden.
1: Welcome to the free VoiceOver Insider Podcast brought to you by IPDTL. I'm your host, Julie Williams. I'm also publisher of the free VoiceOver Insider that you can sign up for at voiceoverinsider.com.
0: Hi, Julie. Today you're going to be talking with Jack DeGolia, an accomplished voice actor and also a technical guru who shows up often on sites such as the Twisted Wave Group on Facebook.
1: Yeah, um, Jack works in voiceover, uh, audiobooks, animation, commercials, but today I'm going to be talking with him about his experiences in e-learning, one of the the things he specializes in, specifically his efforts to get the e-learning industry to work with voice actors rather than just getting the guy from the mailroom to record the narration for an e-learning project.
0: Julie, you do a lot of e-learning projects yourself. Is this something you run into when marketing your voice?
1: Um, I would have to say yes and no it's a constant battle to get producers of e-learning products to see the value of using trained voice actors because they just assume everybody who has a voice can do it Um, but one thing that Jack is doing to help all voice actors interested in working in e-learning is moderating a facebook group called e-learning narrators it's a closed group but um if you're working in e-learning you can ask to join and i know that he'll do that now that said um i don't run into this issue all that often because a lot of times i'm busy working and not marketing myself and once you find a good client who understands the value of hiring a professional voiceover talent um, they come back to you time after time after time. So uh, it is an issue that's out there, but there are also a lot of people who are who are actually paying talents what they're worth. Let's check into my conversation with Jack. Jack, I wanted to talk to you and thank you for what you're doing on Facebook to support other voiceover pros in the industry. Um, you started a private group for professional e-learning narrators, and it's not for newbies, right? It's just for professionals, or is it for everybody?
2: It's... It's for folks who are working voice actors as well as people in the e-learning industry okay. who work with narrators. So I, what I hope is we have a conversation between developers and narrators, but it's primarily a narrator site.
1: Yes. Well, maybe it'll change and be a little bit more um, the other as well. You know. Uh- One would think that a group like that might be sort of like a social page or a networking page, but you post meaty stuff. I mean, um, articles, uh, information about events like DevLearn, uh, which is a huge convention of people that hire us, and even names of prospects who hire talent. Most people wouldn't do that.
2: Well, to me, e-learning is one of the tougher nuts to crack, and we all need help to get it done. Um, You know, there really isn't... Uh, pay to play like Voices.com in the e learning world. Right. Um, there is is dot com, but it's a different business model from any of the pay to plays. Right. And so, so it's a it's a market that you can really be at sea at for a long time. Uh, my hope is that you know if if narrators can have a chance to visit with each other, they can help with techniques and tips and 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 share. Much like happens in the audiobook pages.
1: Yeah, we can raise the, uh, the level of quality in the e learning industry as well, because there seems to be something of a movement for people to um, voice their own scripts.
2: It's more than a movement, it's, it's a bias in the industry. Um, I, I know that World Voices Organization Wovo tried to have a presentation at DevLearn, which is uh, one of the conventions of the e learning guild. It happens to be held here in Las Vegas. But uh-huh. they tried to put on a presentation about the value of having a professional voice. And back in May, as DevLearn was being put together, apparently, their proposal was turned down. Wow. So there is no professional voice viewpoint at DevLearn this year. Um, instead, there's a, at least three sessions I've been able to find, which are all about do it yourself. Um, have, have Joe down the hall do it. Um, And and e-learning is very much like that. It's it's in the corporate headquarters or it's between the small business owner and, and maybe second in command. And they decide they need a course and so they write stuff and they get a program where they can put it all together and then they voice it. And they think it's good enough. And the struggle we have is to help them feel that Yes, it's going to cost them some more money, but the value will outstrip the cost. Oh, yeah. And that's a tough message when you're a small business and every dollar counts. Um, it's not as hard with larger corporations. Right, right. You know, the, the automakers, for example, <clears throat> they, they see the value in that, and they spend money on professional voices. But um, it, farther down, you get much farther down the food chain, and it gets tough to convince Companies that a professional voice should be part of the mix. And then software developers like Adobe make it easy to do it yourself, seemingly. Ah. You know, and so they facilitate that and pass it off as a benefit that, hey, there's another cost you don't need. You can use our program, sit in your office, do the voicing, and it's good enough.
1: And it's good and, enough.
2: Yeah. And so last year when I went to DevLearn and passed around my business cards, I ran into a lot of people saying, oh, we do that Uh in-house, you know, or Joe in marketing does that for us. Yeah. At his desk. And you could tell that uh, I said, well, you know, I would produce really clean, professional sounding audio. Um, I know how to deliver it. And they'd they'd glaze over. And then there was another, uh, there was a voiceover presence there last year. It was a a company that markets itself in kind of the fiber mold.
1: Oh, oh, uh, yeah. They,
2: they, they charge very little, and the talent not only gets little, but loses about, I think it's 20 or 30% on top of that to the company wow. that's, that's doing the voice work. So um, there's a lot of downward pressure in that market, and it's so scattered, it, there's no one place you can go and say, okay, if you don't pay our rates, you can't play anymore. Because it's just not so.
1: So is there a way, um, I mean, what what do you think that we e-learning narrators should focus on? Should we focus on changing this whole paradigm or should we focus on just finding the big guys and not bothering with the little ones?
2: Well, economically, the most efficient thing is go where the money is.
1: Right, exactly.
2: You know, um, and to change the paradigm, oh, it just feels like a salmon swimming upstream. <laughs> you know, it's, right. uh, there's just so many smaller businesses that want to take advantage of the e-learning technology and have only so many dollars to spend and until until they get blowback from their employees saying you yeah, know okay i like the graphics but God, it sounded bad yeah it, things won't change um, and i'm not sure there's that kind of energy out there in the market right um, i know when i was an employee of a large organization we had required e-learning every year and I didn't pay attention to the voice. I was just trying to get through the damn course which to get is, my certificate.
1: Which so is I could why check the box. <laughs> that's why they need to have a professional voice because we help them stay awake and that, get through the course.
2: Right, right. So it's a, it's a. I don't know if I'd recommend trying to change the world because the world is the way it is. Yeah. Uh, but we can make small inroads, and as companies become uh, more profitable and larger. Then they have the resources to turn around and say, "Yo, oh, we could make this even better." Yeah. And then, then, they it's it'd be important for them to know there are some alternatives to the right au- audio part of the e-learning.
1: Um, you've been to DevLearn and has it? I'm assuming it's been at the exhibit hall, walking around, talking to them there. Right. Okay. Have you found that it's mostly the little guys there, or are the big companies there as well?
2: It's a real mix, um, and it's international. Um there are companies there that specialize in translation.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And so they're providing multilingual translations of things. Um there's big companies, there's big developers. Uh, there's what there's a group called uh eLearning Brothers, and I think they're based in Utah. Mm-hmm. And everybody's in an orange t-shirt and they're just out hustling anybody who comes by to use them to develop their e-learning. And so I stopped in and said, hey, could I, you know, I be a resource for you? And they, oh, yeah, thanks. Uh, we already have that taken care of, but we'll take your card. <laughs> uh, you know, and I never hear from them.
1: They'll but blow I, off, yeah.
2: I have gotten just a handful of new clients from that experience, though. So mm-hmm.
1: so it is worth it.
2: It's worth Well, <clears throat> you can join the eLearning Guild as a, an associate member for no cost. Mm-hmm. And then for no cost, you can attend DevLearn, assuming you're in Las Vegas already.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's the travel cost. Right. But uh, there's no cost to go to the convention if you just go to the exhibit area. Right. So you can't take in any of the sessions, but um, you can be around and mingling.
1: and yeah. I think So. Yeah. And for us to take in any of the sessions, what is there that we would need to learn from that, except to hear what they're saying about voicing it yourself?
2: Right. Because most of the sessions are technical about uh, the production end of it or the educational end of it. There's very little usually on the performance piece, um, except as I say, there's about three three of them about do it yourself and save the money.
1: Is there anything that you would like to add about e-learning that I I haven't asked?
2: I think um, the the issue that I've seen so far on the e-learning narrators page so th- so far is that uh, some of the newer folks are not sure what to charge. Uh uh-huh. huh. How, how much is how much? What's the going rate? And right. I'm not sure I know the answer. I know. I know answers I've seen posted, like uh, voices.com has a rate sheet that is very nice, um, especially coming from audiobooks. It was it felt so much more lucrative. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and it's only, you only talk for 40 minutes, you know. But um, that's one of my reasons for setting up the page, was to draw in people who maybe were just operating on their own, and maybe they get a new sense of what the going rates might be, which helps all of us sustain those rates.
1: Right. You know? Exactly. And somebody might be just lowballing without even yeah, realizing I, that they're undercutting everybody.
2: Like me in my first e-learning job. I did it for my nephew's company and they said, "What do you charge?" And I mean, being from uh audiobooks, $300 an hour sounded great, but that's about a fifth of what I should have been charging. Uh-huh. One of the outcomes of last year's DevLearn was an article that I collaborated with uh, Amy Ferris and Ann Richardson um, in a magazine called e-learning, is that what it's called, e-learning development, e-learning industry.
1: E-learning industry, that's right.
2: So we wrote an article about the value of having a professional voice, and that was back in the spring. We have kind of resurfaced it recently because Amy cooked up a nice little short URL for the, for the address for the article. And I'm turning that into a sticker that I'm going to put on the back of my business card this year at DevLearn. So that I can say, you know, if you want to learn more about what a voice can do for you, just type in those few characters, and you'll be able to read the article. Wow! So far, that's our our response to the situation. I'm, I know we need to do more, um, and I'm hoping through the conversations at the e-learning narrators page we can come up with ideas like that.
1: Jack, thank you so much for joining us on the Voiceover Insider podcast, and to you, our listeners, that article link that Jack mentioned is at j m as in mary p forward slash e learning v o with a capital v and a capital o okay let me give that to you again j dot m as in mary p forward slash e learning and then capital letters v Oh, as in VoiceOver. And by the way, I'm sure you could hear the difference between my inter- introductory conversation with Gary, done using IPDTL, and my interview with Jack, which was done using Skype. We'll hear some more about IPDTL, who sponsors the VoiceOver Insider podcast. We're talking to Gustavo Simon Lopez of ANG Audio, who is so sold on IPDTL that he won't hire a voiceover talent who won't connect via IPDTL. Simon, what is so special about IPDTL that it's your first and only choice? IPDTL is cost-effective, easy to use, transmits in real time, and it's worldwide. We've used it to connect with talent as far as Turkey, France, Italy, and as close as Texas and California, all without any issues. ANGaudio.com stands behind IPDTL. Visit IPDTL.com and use discount code Julie Williams.
0: And now, the McFadden Minute. Hi there. The Mac Minute has been on hiatus because we sold our house in Oregon in September and my previous studio was dismantled. Now we're doing a series of house-sitting gigs while we search for a new home. This situation will run about five months, but I won't be without recording facilities the entire time. I wanted to take a few minutes to describe my temporary, totally portable voice booth. I posted a couple of images at voiceoverinsider.com so you can take a look at the structure. The basic idea is simple. Three four-foot by eight-foot frames of PVC pipe are connected with Velcro wraps and pipe clamps. Across the top, I've got two four-foot square frames of the same material, also connected with pipe clamps. These PVC frames are actually from a former pursuit of portrait photography. These so-called light panels are nicely shock corded together so they can break down to a fairly small package. But you can make the same size frames with parts from your local hardware store for far less than I paid for these light panels. I used them because I found them when I was cleaning out my former attic. To the completed frame, I attached two layers of moving blankets. I've got three heavy-duty quilted moving blankets that we used during our move-out, and another layer of lighter moving blankets that I picked up at Harbor Freight. The first layer of blankets is hung on the interior of the frame using clamps, and the second layer of blankets is on the exterior of the frame, again held in place with clamps. The idea is to get a little air space between the two layers of blankets. I already had a Portabooth booth Plus from Harlan Hogan, so I mounted that on a small platform using a tripod from my 4x5 camera days, and put the shotgun mic in it. The condenser mic is on a boom arm that's inserted through the corner folds of the moving blankets. All of the computer equipment is outside the booth, and I'm using an iPad for scripts. It looks a little funky, but the sound reflections are suitably reduced, and it only takes about 45 minutes to set up or break down. With a little ingenuity, you can build yourself a similar booth in your own home. Hey, as usual, I'm way over a minute. I'll talk to you soon, from wherever the vocal booth gets set up next. You've been listening to the VoiceOver Insider Podcast with Julie Williams. Be sure to join us next week for more VoiceOver Insider information and another edition of the McFadden Minute.